Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Let's go. Happy Friday. I'm ready, Kyle. Yeah, shout out Mrs. Mack in the chat today. Wheezy, Wheezy got the belt. He was the first person in the chat uh, but Mrs. Max said, happy Friday. And I said, you know what? It is. It is a very happy Friday. It's Super Bowl this weekend. We got a Kings game tonight. We got another Kings game Sunday leading into the Super Bowl. That's going to be a great sports day. It's going to be a great sports weekend. Yeah, great sports weekend, man. I'm, I'm fired up. Uh, that's James. I'm Kyle. Possibly joining the show, but doubtful. Listed as doubtful, but not entirely off the 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 table. Uh, Trista Crick may or may not join the show. Oh. TBD. Okay. TBD. At 11.30. She has meetings. She is down in, in Las Vegas. She's got a million things happening. But she was like, I will try my best to make time for you guys. I was like, you got it. James, you're out of here at 11.30. I am. I have to get to the all-important Monty McNair press conference. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. really, really get to the get to the... The nitty gritty yeah. of get, get of down to brass tacks. The Robin Lopez the, yeah. transaction, the the acquisition and subsequent waiving of of legendary Kings, two time Kings legend. Yeah, Robin Lopez. Yeah, what was your favorite memory of the Robin Lopez era this time? Um, it was when he was tweeting about how much he appreciated. Being a teammate of Patrick Beverly's for an hour and forty-five minutes. Yeah, it's a good memory. Really, really good. It it was. All right. Yep. Uh, Super Bowl is on Sunday. The 49ers taking on the Chiefs. Three thirty p.m. is the kickoff down at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. I think that the 49ers need to win this Super Bowl if they want to get one during Kyle Shanahan's tenure. Oh, that's a bold statement. I mean, like they're running out of time. Their window is is closing slightly, closing. Yeah, dude, you're su- like a five year Super Bowl window is crazy. Mm-hmm. That is really hard to do. Where for five years, save for 2020 when they got all banged up, but for five ostensibly five years, you were a contender for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do, and I think the thing I keep coming back to is. There, are, There is a finite amount of times that, that you as a group and as a core can battle back to that mountaintop that's so difficult to get to. Yeah, I mean, it, it. this is one of the more difficult like feats in professional sports. Like, finding a way to not just get 
you know, to be part of the conversation. But, you know, like the NFL is crazy, right? Yeah. Because it's not like it's not like the NBA. It's not even Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Like dynasties can be built relatively. I don't want to say relatively, but but you can build a dynasty in baseball that lasts. Yeah. You can build a dynasty in, in basketball that, that mm-hmm. spans like six years or eight years. Or right. even if you're, you can build a playoff legacy that lasts eight years. But you look at the NFL and every year there are like one or two or three new teams in the postseason. Yeah. And like, it's always changing. Like one team can can take a, a gigantic leap mm-hmm. from one year to the next. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe more than any other league. I mean, look at what the Eagles did last year. Yeah. And, you know, so I think that the NFL is is unique and that it's to build something that's sustainable and lasting mm-hmm. is super difficult. Yeah, it is. So like kudos for them to get there all all these times. Mm-hmm. You got to win one, though. Like, Yeah. No. So here, here's why I say they have to get it this year. A, the road was as well paved as you can have to a Super Bowl. Of course. They avoided the Ravens. They avoided... Uh, the Cowboys, the Eagles fell apart. Mm-hmm. The they the team they faced in the divisional they got the first round by, uh, thanks to the Eagles collapse and, and a bad call in the Lions Cowboys game. Yep, uh, that that's literally why they wound up as the one seed. Um, now they might have, you know, butterfly effect. Yeah, that game. If they need Week 18, they play their dudes and they probably win. But but still, they they get the one seed, which is very hard to get. They were as healthy as they've been in forever, which is which is enormous and mm-hmm. and really really hard to replicate. Like you just can't count on the kind of health that they've had for the most part this year. I, I think and and if they're if I'm missing one, please let me know. I believe that Talanoa Hufanga is their only Week One starter who does not who is not available for yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're really really healthy. Yeah, which is which is hard to do, and. And then you come back to, it's not like next year they're going to blow the team up. It's not like this is going to be an unrecognizable roster. But George Kittle, Fred Warner, Debo Samuel, Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, Trent Williams. Trent, Trent Williams is getting getting much older. Uh, did I say George Kittle already? I think yep. I said George Kittle already. Like This is a group that is not getting much younger and has fallen short if they lose this year. Four out of the last five years. Mm-hmm. And now you've got to get back. It is so hard to go to the Super Bowl and then just go back. Look at the Eagles this year. Look at the Niners in 2020. They got bitten by the health bug. So that's where, that's where you 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 just look at next year and go, okay, wipe it out. Like go, going back next year is is nigh impossible. So wipe that out. So now you're in 2025. Now everybody's mm. two years older. Now you got mid 30s George Kittle. Now you've got. Mid thirties, Kyle Juszczyk, and now you've got early thirties, Debo. Sam- like you see where you see where this is going. Yeah, it's just not, and you don't know what you're going to get from Brock Purdy in the post Kittle, Samuel, McCaffrey, Trent Williams era. So this just all lines up for the 49ers, and this is not I, this isn't this is a 49ers related discussion. We'll bring the Chiefs in in a bit. The Chiefs are a formidable opponent, and they have. Uh, the the best quarterback on the planet right now and a great head coach and a great defense mm-hmm. all understood but for the 49ers the path to this point has never is never going to be easier than it was and i think in fact if they lose it's going to be impossible with this same group to get back and the reason i say the Kyle Shanahan era or tenure 
is because if this group's not getting there, okay, now you go through some kind of a retool or a rebuild. I don't know how long the 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 organization will be okay with, okay, missed the playoffs a couple years. Okay, you made it first round exit. At some point, they're going to move on because they, they want to win titles. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's possible, like as the window or the door is closing here, that the addition of Brock Purdy, he just kind of put his foot in the way. And, mm. and maybe held it open. Yeah. And said, wait, wait, wait. We might have another window here. We might have, and not only that, but this might be the beginning of a new window. Mm. And so I'm okay with, with where they're at. I mean, you know, stars age out. And we didn't, I don't even think you mentioned like cr- Christian McCaffrey. I did not. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old he is. Like there's a shelf life on an NFL running mm-hmm. back. And that guy is, you know, like pushing the shelf life already. Yeah. You need to already have like what's next, what's next after that. You need to, you know what Kyle, you need to do? You need to spend a third round pick on a running back this this off season. No. No, you don't. <laughs> I think they shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine? oh my God. <laughs> I'm not an advocate for firing Kyle Shanahan. I never have been. I I, I just <laughs> If they spend a third round pick on a running back this in this year's draft, not to get past the Super Bowl, I but if they do that, I would be heavy on the like, eh, maybe he's not the guy. <laughs> it, it's also possible that they've earmarked one of those for a new punter or something, you know, yeah, a new, a new kicker, long snapper. Maybe. You know, they did get their their kicker last year with a with a high pick. Boy, did they? Yeah, yeah. Mitch Wisniewski, their punter, even fourth round pick. He's incredible. Twenty nineteen, really, really good player. Yeah, I don't imagine they'll be looking to replace him no. anytime soon. He's part of the new core. He's part of the the Bosa Purdy, yeah, Wisnowski core. <laughs> well, and you've got to you've got to find other pieces to go with that. We need mm-hmm. a second timeline here. I think we have we've developed a, a two timeline team. Yeah, on accident, on accident, completely. Yeah. Um, the the one thing I will say <laughs> the one the one the one kind of caveat here is we don't know what Brock Purdy is or is not yet as a, at least in my eyes, you're, you're of the belief that he's a franchise guy. And if he is, then the Niners are going to compete and be back. And the, the bar they need to clear for talent around the quarterback is much lower. And, and now that's easier to, to produce a, a, a championship winning roster. But if Purdy, if it turns out that, you know what, he's really good as long as he's got this level of, of weaponry around him on offense, and if not, then he's then he's you know Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0. Then you have a problem. Then you have a very very serious problem where now you either need to figure out a way to load up your roster around a quarterback that's going to cost more money than he is right now. I think his cap hits like a million dollars, which is which is insane, wild, super low. It is a it is a lower percentage of the salary cap than Kurt Warner was making with the Rams in 1999. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, look, I, I think you said whether uh, whether Brock Purdy's a franchise quarterback or not, mm-hmm. I think he's at least to the level of a Kurt Cousins. Like, he, he can at least reach that. Like, if you look around the league, or or we mentioned Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I think he can be that without any question. Now, can he be a franchise-altering, perennial Pro Bowl, perennial mm-hmm. All-Pro, mm-hmm. you know, going toe-to-toe with, uh, with, you know, the great Patrick Mahomes every season, mm-hmm. fighting for MVPs. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. 
But what I do know is that he sure does look like a player that can go in there and and deliver. And as long as you put some pieces around him, as long as you don't do something silly like lose Brandon Ayuk this offseason or something, mm-hmm. you should be able to like have some longevity here. I mean, I, he could be the starter for the 49ers for the next 15 years. Yeah, no doubt. But you bring up <laughs> Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins, you have one combined Super Bowl appearance between them. Okay. And two NFC Championship appearances combined. And both of them belong to Matt Ryan. Okay. And, and that's where, it, but but to that point, to that, to that, those guys got expensive and they needed additional help on the roster that their teams were not able to provide them. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where the question is for, for me with Brock Purdy. And again, I'm not deciding either way. And Sunday is certainly not going to, going to change my mind one way or the other. We'll see how it goes on Sunday, and then we'll we see. Need like how a next year or two to see what's yeah, need, happening. Yeah, I need to see next year. I need to see potentially another playoff run. And if if you know if they're healthy next year and they miss the playoffs with Brock Purdy at quarterback and he regresses like crazy, mm-hmm. uh, or, or regresses to whatever mean is set for a, a seventh round pick at quarterback, then you know we'll we'll then you talk go about get it. Then Tom but, Brady. Stop. And you go get Tom Brady. Fifty-year-old Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. All right, we'll have a ton of Super Bowl talk for you. We've also got to get into this Kings Nuggets matchup for tonight. Now the Kings welcoming in the defending champs, uh, who beat the Lakers one fourteen one oh six last night. What does that matchup look like? We'll talk about it next on ESPN thirteen twenty. Sacramento Sports Center. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento Sports Leader. All right, we're in here. Kings Nuggets tonight at Golden One Center. The Kings trying to shake off their worst loss of the year, I think, to the Detroit Pistons on Wednesday night. The Denver Nuggets, they beat the Los Angeles Lakers down at Staples Center. Crypto.com Center? Crypto.Staples Arena Center? I don't know. Something. Staples.CryptoArena.Crypto.StealYourMoney.Staples.Com.Something yeah. like dot that. Something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Office you, supplies and Bitcoin. And, hey, you didn't need to, like, add that little, like, I think, when you said that was the worst loss of the season. I just, I... Th- th- oh, no. <laughs> That's, like, a definitive, like, Kyle. Okay. That, that was, right. like, the you put it on a plaque. Like, the worst loss of the season. There it is. Hey. <laughs> That's you win. It's the worst loss of the season. You, Kyle, it was a six-win team. No, okay, fine, 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 fine. That's Although James, there that's was a question Kyle if that was a one of the better six-win teams in the league. Yeah, no, 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 and that's what I thought. That was a great, a great question in Mike Brown's presser. Uh, was was are they one of the better six-win teams in the league? And I, I think that that was that was proven right because they looked more like twelve to thirteen wins on, they, on Wednesday night. Well, know? at the end of it, they looked like a seven-win team. Boy, did so, they! So I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just like I said, I know that people have different definitions of bad loss and this and that. And if somebody wanted to say, well, it was the first home game after a long road trip, so that's what makes it. As I just wanted to account for those people as well. Well, to me, it was the worst loss of the season. Okay, so uh, 
where I, I, you lose me completely is number one, their two best players sat, um, and they're not good anyways, but they're, they're, their two best players sat. One of those players they traded, mm-hmm. and then three other players that you played against, one starter in Killian Hayes, Danilo Gallinari, and Joe Harris, all got waived the next day. Yeah. They got waived the next day, Kyle. A team that played three guys that got waived the next day. I know we got to. I know we got to talk about the Nuggets, but can I provide some optimism for you? I'm here for it. Okay, let me give me one second because you mentioned that the Pistons made all those moves yesterday. They went into their game last night with seven players. Mm. We were trying to decide how many players they'd have. Uh, They went in with seven. They went into Portland and beat the Trailblazers by six in overtime on the. Uh, second night of a back-to-back with seven dudes. Wow. Is that the Portland Trailblazers team that beat the Sacramento Kings team a little while ago? I'm just saying. That's a 15-win team. So so now, like the Pistons, are the Pistons the best eight-win team in the league? I think I'm ready to say it. They're catching, they're, they're, they are nipping at the heels of the Washington Wizards. Oh, man. <laughs> They've almost tracked him down. <laughs> yeah, they're right there. Oh, um, wow. A, a, team, a team they have not almost tracked down is the Denver Nuggets, the defending NBA champions. They are in Golden 1 Center tonight. And, man, you know, we, we joke about the Pistons game. But one of the most instructive things to me from that game was not the offense like the king's offense was fine did they need more from De'Aaron fox yeah absolutely did they need more from keegan murray like without question they need more from those two guys mm-hmm. but trey lyles picked up the slack malik monk picked up the slack Demonis sabonis picked up the scoring slack like they, they 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 had enough points to win mike brown said it after the game they scored 120 points that should win you that should win you a lot of ball games the thing i'm worried about with the kings against denver is not their ability to score i think they will fill it up can they get stops against a a really dynamic Denver offense that runs through maybe the best player on the planet, Nikola Jokic, where he's creating uh, easy looks under the basket, he creates open threes. It, it doesn't get easier here for the Kings in terms of defending the three-point line, which they have done abysmally all year. 39.7% from beyond the arc. Teams are shooting against the Kings this season. Yeah, the Kings are gonna have to figure this out because Denver is is a very dynamic team, and they have they have tough covers all over the all over the court. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna have to figure out how to slow down Jokic. They're gonna have to figure out how to keep Aaron Gordon off the boards. They're gonna have mm-hmm. to figure out how to keep Jamal Murray in front of you, or and Michael Porter Smith, uh, Michael Porter Jr. is one of those guys that the Kings just have a tough time matching up against because they don't have that long athletic player to to send out there. So and then the other guy that that's really played well for them is Reggie Jackson off the bench. Yeah, and he's a guy that like provides something. And I, you know, again, I like the way that they've constructed their team. They've got Christian Braun. They've got uh, they've got Peyton Watson coming off the bench. Who, to be honest, are are both playing like really solid, like dirty work guy roles. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of how they build their team. I, I like the the roster construction of this team and yeah, you know of course they won the championship but it's a roster construction that I think the Kings are close to and need to even push it further to get closer to what uh what Denver is. Yeah, yeah, for sure and I think that that's this is a game that if you're Monty McNair and you're sitting there with Vivek and Vivek is and not not saying that Monty McNair is 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 on the hot seat or anything crazy like that. 
but where you're sitting with Vivek and you're watching and you're going, see, that's exactly what I envisioned for Keegan Murray. This is exactly what I envisioned for Malik Monk. This is exactly like you can see it kind of piece by piece. And is it going to be exactly the same? Like, no, because as good as Demonis Sabonis is, he's not Nikola Jokic, who's just different. He's just a better player. And that's fine. But I think De'Aaron Fox is probably better than Jamal Murray. Yes. I think that overall, you're going to eventually see Keegan Murray be a better player than Michael Porter Jr. As good as, as good as, not to say those guys are bad. It's that I think the Kings eventually could, even if they can't replicate exactly what the Nuggets get from Jokic, I think they can get more from around Sabonis to have a similar, similar vibe. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I would say that, you know, for me, Keegan Murray, prime Keegan Murray isn't Michael Porter and he's not Aaron uh, Gordon. He's a, combination of both of those yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. And I think Michael he Porter's not there. a good defender. No, Michael Porter's not. Um yeah, I think he can get to a point where he's like he can replicate what both of those guys do. Mm-hmm. Which is which is exciting because that means he's a really good player. Yeah. Uh, but he's still a little ways away and right now he's in a funk and you gotta figure out how to get him out of his funk. To me to me what makes the Nuggets really, really difficult to replicate is their depth. Like, that's the thing that I, I keep coming back to. We talk about um Aaron Gordon. Like figuring out how to utilize him, he is the he has the the athleticism and the skill set to be like a guy. If he wanted out and wanted to go be a number one or two somewhere, I don't know if the team would be be very good, but a team would sign him to do that. Mm-hmm. But he found this role here as this like fourth scoring option, hustle guy, good defender, good rebounder, and on some nights he'll, he'll give you he'll give you twenty. Uh, but then you get a guy like Reggie Jackson, who you just mentioned, coming off the bench. You get a guy like Contavious Caldwell, Caldwell Pope. They draft Christian Brown. It's just like they have this, every lineup they throw out, you go, man, you know what? I like him. Cass, a good, it's a good player. Like, okay, that's a, it's a good player. I'm going to say that the the difference between them and the Kings is they're they're like two years ahead of the Kings and in, in yeah. who they are as a team. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the Kings are moving more towards the point where you feel the same way about every guy that steps on the floor that they give you something that's different. Right there with you. Like I can even say, like, I don't think they have, they don't have a Trey Lyles. Like they could really use a Trey Lyles player. You know, Zeke and Najee hasn't really developed into that guy. But, you know, I I think when you have a system in place that's, and you have a a group of players who've been together for a long time, Mm -hmm. it's easier to go out and find these other pieces to throw in there that, that match because yeah, you set a young kid down like Christian Brown, uh, Brown and you say, like, look, this is your role. If you're going to play, yep. I need you to play defense. Yep. I need you to dive on the floor. I need you to hustle. Mm-hmm. I need you to get some rebounds. I need you to do every bit of the dirty work. Yep, That's how you get on the court. And it's a lot easier to say that to a player when you look at the team. Yes. And number one, they've got a track record of winning. But number two, they've got really solid veterans who are already buying into their roles mm-hmm. at the other positions. I, that's That's spot on. Like a big, a big, we talk about this specifically with Davion Mitchell. He's not the only player, but we talk about it with him a lot. Like, what does he do here? What's it, what, is it office space? What would you say you do here? Like, that's, that to me is Davion Mitchell a little bit. Not that he can't do what the Kings, it's just kind of unclear exactly yeah. what the Kings need from him. Whereas if he goes in and let's just stick him on Denver's roster, Denver would have a really specific like 18 minutes a night role for him. Where you'd watch the Nuggets and you go, man, Davion is perfect for that. And I think you're right. The Kings are a couple years behind Denver. And I think that's a little bit 
why they stood pat at the trade deadline. Yeah. Because they're kind of trying to see like, okay, what does this look like over another full season and, and potentially a playoff run? What roles do we need to fill? What do we need to do better? And and you can kind of go from there. So I do think, though, overarching point that if Monty McNair was picking a blueprint for a team, I think it would be the Nuggets. And not just because they're defending champs, not just because they've been in the playoffs every year, but because that model of team building, I think, is one that, that uh, produces a, a lot of sustainable results. Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree. All right, so uh, we've got, for the Nuggets, projected starter Jamal Murray. Uh, Justin Holiday started last night. Candavious Caldwell Pope missed his first game of the season, or maybe he's missed three games. Uh, I'm not sure if he's there or not. We don't have an injury report for them. Michael Porter Jr. at small forward. Aaron Gordon at the power forward. Nikola Jokic at center. For the Kings, we have your standard De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, Demonis Sabonis. Is there a matchup of the game you, you're looking forward to here, Kyle? Yes. I yes. can't. I can't. I can't wait to watch Sabonis and Jokic go at it. Let's talk about that in a bit, along with keys to the game. We'll have that for you as well, right here on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento Sports Leader. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Oh, hey. I messed up. My fault. Flag on me. Uh-oh. We didn't mention Keon Ellis. Oh, we didn't mention Keon That's Ellis. That's my bad. That's on, uh, you know, you put a note down, forget about it, it's fine. Yeah. Keon Ellis. Let's bust through that really quick. Yeah, we're, we've got Super Bowl talk coming for you. Yeah. So Niners K- Chiefs this weekend, but the, the Kings made a, a transaction. Yeah, so they made a couple of transactions. So just as we were going off the air yesterday, the Sacramento Kings acquired Robin Lopez from the Milwaukee Bucks. They actually, there's a player that they acquired in that deal, which to be honest, I didn't know... I mean, that the Kings sent out 
a uh, the draft rights to a player that I had no idea that they had at all. Um, they had acquired the draft rights to a European player back in 2015 in the Amon Shumpert deal. You didn't remember that? No, which is strange because I do remember every <laughs> obscure fact. I, dude. <laughs> um, I, I didn't know that they had acquired somebody. So that's what they gave up uh, for Robin Lopez. Uh, for, yes, for Robin Lopez, right? And uh, when they got him to Sacramento, Robin Lopez never even flew to Sacramento. They just waived him last night. And the, what that transaction does is uh, Milwaukee was over the luxury tax. Mm-hmm. This saved them a boatload of money. Uh, and they gave some of that money to the Kings. Um, so the Kings probably, uh, Lopez, he's a veteran minimum, and veteran minimums, the league covers part of the salary and the team covers part of the salary. It's sort of a weird thing um, where for years of service, he counted like as a $2 million player coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really hurt the Kings cap-wise. And then whatever was remaining on his contract, uh, not only did the Kings get that, but they probably got a million or $2 million more. I, I don't know what the exact figure was at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that probably saved Milwaukee like six to $8 million on the back end. So, because they're a luxury tax team and they're paying dollar for dollar, $3 for every dollar. And the dollar, Kings got some cash. And the, the Kings got some cash. So then they turn around this morning and um, they have upgraded Keon Ellis from a two-way player. Uh, we have that confirmed uh, from a two-way player to a standard roster player. So Keon Ellis has taken the 15th roster spot. Yeah. And, you know, I, I see in here, you know, that the Vivek pocketed some more money. Um, they just used that money to sign Keon Ellis because Keon Ellis went from a $550,000 two-way to a $1.7 or $1.8 million uh, second-year like entry-level contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they did use that money to, to ink... Uh, Keon Ellis, and he, he got, from what I've read, he got a three-year deal that's probably um, guaranteed for this year, partially guaranteed for next year, and non-guaranteed for the third year. That's mm-hmm. what my guess would be. Um, but talk about a guy who uh, has made it, who went from yeah. uh, undrafted to a two-way player to earning his way onto a, a, a actual NBA roster. So kudos to Keon Ellis. Yeah, it's really cool seeing that happen in real time. He wasn't just some rando who mm-hmm. was killing it in the G League. So they said, okay, hey, here's a full-time contract. He played in the NBA and played his ass off. Yeah. And earned a earned a roster spot. That's cool. There's also, there's one other thing I want to mention really quick. This is good for the Kings because when you have a um, a franchise that, that is building a program mm-hmm. and your G League is part of that program, if you can elevate players from your program, mm-hmm. it shows other agents and other prospects mm-hmm. that are coming in that you might want to go there because this isn't the first time Damian Jones got this, Shemezi mm-hmm. Metu got these things. Like it's where you're developing something where guys actually have a shot to make it if they go to your program. Yeah. And uh, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's not like the Oakland A's who just bring in a whole bunch of guys that could possibly make it because, you know, that's they don't spend any money and then. It's not the same thing. This is where guys in the NBA fighting their way to the league. It's very difficult. And now mm-hmm. the Kings have a two-way player that they uh, that two-way um, contract that they can offer to somebody if they so choose here down the stretch. Scal season. I think Scal has been in the league too long. 
So you can only um, Stanley Johnson's probably been in the league too long. Yeah, it's it's three years. Yeah, so you can only the only way you get an exemption an exception for that is actually the Harry Giles exception Mm -hmm. that they added that if you redshirted one of your first three years because of injury, that you can actually get a fourth year of eligibility for a two way. And it's something that Jason Tatum pushed for uh, his former college teammate in the CBA and everything else. That's cool. Yeah. So Harry Giles is available. Uh, he was waived yesterday by the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, it would be cool to see Harry Giles come back on a two-way contract. But look, it's going to be whatever they're trying to do down in uh, down if, in Stockton. <laughs> if Harry Giles comes back on a two-way contract, it would be just for the like, hey, feel good. Come hang out. Yeah, come hang out in Sacramento and get a standing O the first time you you walk out to the bench. Well, remember he, but as a two-way, he can actually play. Oh like, no, I know. Yeah, but I don't think the Kings would be relying heavily on Harry Giles. God love him. No, 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 no. So yeah, anyways. so we'll have uh, more Kings talk coming up in a little bit. Let's 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 talk Super Bowl. So you're good at talking me off of these ledges because I get really deep in the weeds with with Niner stuff the way you do with with King stuff. Yeah. And um, with with the Candlestick Chronicles podcast and, and with NinersWire.com. And what winds up happening is I don't know if this is just my disposition or um, or what. I don't I don't know. But after watching enough and looking at enough stuff and reading enough stuff, I talk myself into the worst possible things happening. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's called anxiety. But I have some causes for concern for the 49ers against the Chiefs. And I want you to tell me, James, if these are valid causes for concern or not. Okay. Okay. Concern number one, I believe this is valid. I strongly believe this is valid. And cause for concern number one is that the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. And the reason this is a cause for concern for me is because when you look at these two rosters, the 49ers and the Chiefs, you have a 49ers team that is just better. Yes. They have a better team. Top to bottom, player for player, pound for pound, whatever you want to say, the 49ers roster is better. And that's the case for almost, I think, any team in the league. But the the fact of the matter is it may not matter because of Patrick Holmes. This is the the biggest concern that anyone should have. Yep. Like for me, I, like we'll go through and we'll we'll say who we think might what the score will be and all that stuff. Like we tor- we typically do. Like uh, how's the mm-hmm. game going to go? We'll we'll predict what's going to happen. Which sometimes we're close, sometimes we're way off. But he's the biggest wild card, and he might be the biggest wild card that we've ever seen in the sport. Mm-hmm. His ability to march down the field and do wild, crazy, I can't believe I just saw that thing, whether it's with his legs or with him slinging a ball sideways while he's diving one way. Like the things crazy. that he can do is it's straight up blacktop football. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's just not, you, there's no defense for it. Run down to the Cadillac and take a left. Right. Go, you know, yeah. like that's that's what it is. It's straight up street ball. And I, I love it. It watching him work is is magical, and that's why you hear it all the time. Don't ever bet against Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. It's the toughest thing, and, and I the way the 49ers win this game mm-hmm. is to not make it a one score game late because he will beat you. It it, it could be Marcus Valdez Scantling, Rashi Rice, Travis Kelsey. Yes. I know Byron Pringle's not there anymore, but I'm going to say Byron Pringle is a joke. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, it, it, a, a... Sky Moore. Sky Moore. <laughs> sure. 
Sure, why not? Justin Watson, I think, is another one. Noah Gray. Yeah. They, they, their leading receiver this year was Travis Kelsey. Then it was Rashi Rice. Yep. And then it was like Isaiah Pacheco. And then Noah Gray, the backup tight end, is like fourth on the team in receptions. It's wild. But it, it, everything on paper goes, the 49ers are going to win. Like, very obviously, they have better offensive weapons. Their defense is more loaded. The, the Chiefs have a better defense this year. It's been a more productive defense. That's not yeah. what I'm saying. But on, on paper is what I'm talking about. The, the the Chiefs don't have the star power of Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave and Fred Warner, et cetera, yep. et cetera. So uh, all of that just gets erased because, hey, the Niners might play perfect defense for th- three and a half quarters like they did in Super Bowl 54. And then just Mahomes happens and you're toast. Yeah. And I would say that if I'm really looking at this honestly, the the two, you know, if you're looking at Kelsey and Rice, they they live in the same area, like on the field. Mm-hmm. They, you know, one's a basically like a slot receiver, the other one is is running down the seam. Mm-hmm. They live in and it's a comfortable space for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So when he does go up top, when he does do these amazing things like going crazy, mm-hmm. you know, you hope that those things might work out, but mm-hmm. where he lives, his bread and butter mm-hmm. is all in that short to intermediate game. And he can absolutely pick you apart. And he throws a hundred mile an hour fastball. Mm-hmm. And all he needs is the smallest window to get a ball through. And those guys have, uh, Kelsey has always been so reliable, but Rice has developed into such a reliable receiver as the season's oh, yeah. gone on that this is going to be a really, really tough matchup. And that's why, honestly, you need to hit these guys. You need to make them yep. worried that Dre Greenlaw is coming yep. and that Fred Warner is about to launch himself and, and fly mm-hmm. 15 yards through the air and hit you. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what yep. you have to, if you're those guys, because if you yep. take away those two guys, they're not going to beat you with, with the, the other group of receivers that have been so unreliable throughout this year. Valdez Scantling's last five games, two catches for 48 yards. I'm going to go backwards. Uh, no, wait, hang on. Two catches for 38 yards, two catches for 62 yards, one for eight, one for three, zero for zero. And then you got a one for 17, a two for 20. Like he's just not, and, and he's probably their number two receiver, maybe number three. Yeah, like Kyle. It just, but, but because of Patrick Mahomes, there's this aura of, if you told me, if you came from the future and you went, hey, Travis Kelsey had six for 90 and a touchdown, and Marcus Valdez-Scantling had five for 82 in a touchdown. And Rashi Rice had had three for 91. It's just like, yeah, of course. Like, of course. Of course, of course, Justin Watson uh, had had six catches for 75 yards. Like, of course he did. And Patrick Holmes just wills bad players to to play well. Like that that catch that, that MVS had that kind of sealed the Baltimore game. Oh, yeah. Where they, they aired it out on the third down. It, 32-yard catch. He had one for six before that. Mm. He had one catch for six yards. And in the biggest moment of the game, they're airing it out to Marcus Valdez-Scantling, who couldn't catch a cold earlier this year, and he makes a catch. And it sends the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Like, of course. And so that's why you go, okay, it's MVS, it's Skymore, it's all these guys. Kadarius Tony, is he going to play? Who knows? Like, Dude, Kadarius Tony's probably going to have two touchdowns. Like, because that's just... <laughs> like, yeah, Skymore's going to take an end around 25 yards for a touchdown. Miko Hardman. Nicole Hardman. Like why not? Why not have a seventy-five yard touchdown in here? It, it just—that's everything I come back to. It's irrational, but it's like, bro, I've been watching Patrick Mahomes for seven seasons now. The one thing I will tell you that might sort of mm-hmm. calm your nerves is this: please, 
the 49ers defensive backs, when they've been bad this year, mm-hmm. they haven't really got beat as much as they have got called for a bunch of penalties. Sure. sure. The Chiefs receivers, A, don't get that type of respect, and B, aren't good enough to get the separation that you would mm. need. And so for me, as long as you keep them pinned on the underneath stuff and you yeah. bottle in Pacheco mm-hmm. in the run game and and all of the underneath stuff with Kelsey and and Rice, you got a really, really good shot of limiting that offense. Yeah. And, and taking the pressure off of these guys who it, you know, in the passing game have mm-hmm. made mistakes that have been horribly costly. Yeah. I don't think the Chiefs have the receiver that can beat you in that way. Maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. and, but they're not going to get the call. And getting separation is going to be very difficult. They're just not that good. Hmm. So, yeah, they, yeah, yes, that, Mahomes no, that, is going to beat you if you let him beat you. <laughs> right, right. But, that's, but I think that's a that's a good point you you bring up about about where the Chiefs passing game lives now, and, and that comes to my second cause for concern. Uh, Kenny and I, during their live show, were half joking, half not joking, watching the Niners Chiefs Super Bowl 54. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that stood out, we were doing a show, we were not obviously locked in, but every once in a while we'd look up. One of the things that really jumped out to me was how vertical the Chiefs passing game was then. In 2019, it was everything was just down the field. It was Tyreek Hill down the field, Travis Kelsey down the field, Miko Hardman down the field. It was Sammy Watkins down the field. It was just everything was vertical. This year, Patrick Mahomes, I believe he was 38th out of 44 qualified quarterbacks in average depth of target. 63% of his throws were behind the line of scrimmage or within nine yards of the line of scrimmage. And okay, that's great. You know you want to bottle them up. The problem is, is the 49ers have really struggled with tackling at times this year. They've been really good at it. They've been they've had games where you're going, man, it is. How do you get yards after the catch against these guys? Like everybody tackles. And then there's games like Detroit where they're getting moved. You got linebackers filling the the wrong spots. You've got defensive backs missing tackles. You've got Jair Brown overrunning plays. And all of a sudden, uh, the the Chiefs have 190 yards after the catch. It, it just, um, that's the other cause for concern for me, is tackling Isaiah Pacheco, but like just flat out. And then, hey, maybe it is a, a shallow crosser to Marquez Valdez-Scantling that should have gone for three yards and instead it goes for 40. Again, I, I, I get what your concern is, but Thank I'm also going to say that there is no Amon Ross St. Brown. There, there is, like, they don't have these players that... That's fair. Yeah, I mean, Scantling, Valdez can... Uh, Valdez, Scantling? Yeah, MVS. Uh, yeah, yeah, he can, he can get you, right, mm-hmm. here and there, but it's usually on a deep ball where you, you left him pretty wide open. And so, like, look, I'm not saying that it won't happen, and I, the Niners' tackling issues have been a concern, but their tackling issues are usually with their their defensive backfield, not so much the linebackers flying up. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be a really interesting chess match where you're trying to limit that, that short throw, mm-hmm. and the Niners have the best linebackers in the game. And yeah. man, do they hit. Yeah. And Fred Warner is so good. He is a very, very fine player. And so that's where I, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, I, I can understand the fear of them mm-hmm. and their offense, mm-hmm. but that's why I also think that this game is not going to be like 33 to something. This game, to me, it feels very much like it's going to be 24-17 or 23-17, mm-hmm. something like that. I, I think that that's where this game is probably going to be decided. And I would hate to see uh, the 49ers up like, 
23 to 17 in the final two minutes of a game because your kicker missed an extra point and you got Mahomes with the ball in his hands and you just don't know. You got to stop Mahomes in the most crucial of crucial. And look, I'm taking away Kelsey. And then like if Jake Rice Moody beats is, you. The Jake Moody thing, cause <laughs> for concern number three. It has to be. It's a horrible cause for concern. All right. It's I I've, I played this game with my podcast co-host, who I'll be able to name soon, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, TBD, but hopefully, fingers crossed. Shout out to you, my co-host. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I threw this at him on the on the podcast. Okay, it is opening drive of the game. 49ers have a fourth and six at the Chiefs' twenty-five yard line. So you're looking at about a. 42-43 yarder. Are you going for the fourth and six, or do you try the field goal? First drive of the game. Mm. Nothing, nothing. Let's say Niners get the ball first. I'm kicking the field goal. If if you don't try to instill confidence in him early, I okay. don't know that. Okay. And, and I know the problem that you have is that he's missed this first one time and time again, mm-hmm. but then it's come back to help him later in the game, sure. or at least he's hitting the ones later mm-hmm. in the game. But this is a Super Bowl. I need to tell him straight up, this is it. If mm-hmm. you don't hit this, I this like this is a job interview. Like if you don't hit this now, then the rest of the game, I'm gonna probably go for it on fourth down because we are as a team playing against Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and we don't have time to waste points. Yeah. And that's that's a what about fourth and five? I I'm still I like fourth and four? What do I think Shanahan's gonna do? I think he's gonna kick it. Okay, fourth and four? Yes. Fourth and three. Yes. he'll. He, well, fourth and three, he might go for it, but I don't think so, man. Fourth and two? Yes. Okay. Fine. Fourth and four. He'll two, go fourth two, and two, two maybe. Two or less. Yes. Okay. All right. That's where, the, that's where the line is. Yeah. Fourth and six, I'm going, dude. <laughs> I'm, I am putting it. You know how, You know what? I, I'm going to tie this into the Kings. You know how the other night at, at the game, I, I, I talked about it yesterday, 108, 105, Domas goes in, has a layup, but spins around and throws it out to, to uh, Trey Lyles yep. for three. And you know what? Fine. Open trail Lyles three. He was five of ten. He's been shooting the heck out of it. You feel you feel good about it. But also like Domas is the guy I'm paying to make shots in these in these situations. Well, and it's like an eighty percent shot at that point where yeah. he was on the court. It's yeah. like an eighty percent shot. Right. So that's where fourth and six. I'm like, I'm paying Debo Samuel. I'm about to pay Brandon Ayuk. I got Christian McCaffrey here. I've paid George Kittle. We have the best left tackle in the sport. You have the best play caller in the sport. Lush, go get go get your yards That's instead right. of instead of putting it on your rookie kicker who has been extremely hit or miss in the playoffs. So, we're, is that all your concerns? Uh, uh, my last one is the Steve Wilkes only running zone thing. Oh, and can he? I, I think he can. He's a good football coach, but I if you just sit there and you go, "Yep, we're going to run a bunch of zone against the Chiefs," Travis Kelsey is going to have nine thousand yards. They they are going to pick you apart. So how do they that, that whether he mixes up coverages and tries to do some things to confuse Patrick Mahomes post snap and try and take away maybe an easy throw to Travis Kelsey here and there? Yeah, that's that's I think my my big worry is whether he just goes nope we're going to stick with this, um, or if if they have some kind of curveball to throw at Kansas City in in the in the Super Bowl. You have to throw everything you have at them. And then the other thing you need to do, you need to sit down with your guys and you need to say, look, 
you've had games this season where you're really bad at tackling, where you've let, <laughs> well, no, yeah. or you no, just I, have you're right. let teams, if you just tackle, if you calm down, you take that extra second, mm-hmm. you wrap up, you, you know, even if you, you start to let a guy go, grab his ankle, squeeze him together, do the old Ken Norton tackle. Sure. Whatever you have to do, get the guy to the ground early in the game. Mm-hmm. If we set the standard that we're not going to let you bust loose, mm-hmm. It changes how they play the game. All of a sudden, they aren't just going to be a an under the uh, like a, a short passing game. They're mm-hmm. going to have to expand the field, mm-hmm. and they don't have the the horses to expand the field the right way. Yeah. So tackle because you that's know what it. Kansas like, City's going to do? They're going to tackle. Yeah. They don't yeah. miss tackles. No, they are they are a good tackling defense for sure, particularly in the playoffs. Uh, we talked about just just to kind of flip the coin here. <laughs> this is peak me. Uh, we started this segment about 20 minutes ago, and we've done causes for concern. And now with three minutes to go, I'm going to go, here's why I'm optimistic. Okay. <laughs> i got three minutes of optimism for you. One we've already talked about. Kansas City's pass catchers stink. Bad. Straight up. Like, Travis Kelsey is a is a Hall of Famer, even in, in a down year. I guess the thing is everyone's like, oh, man, is Travis Kelsey washed? Like, he had 900 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. What are Yeah. It, it, is he going to go for 1,500 yards again in his career? Probably not, but he's still really freaking good. Mm-hmm. So if you told me he caught two touchdowns, it's not like, oh, my God, what did the Niners do? It's like, yep, yeah, nope, that, that's Travis Well, that's Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Uh, and then Rashi Rice has really come on. But again, their number one wide receiver is a rookie in the Super Bowl. And that's a, that's it's tough. It's a tough thing to lean on. But he's been a baller. He's been so good. He has oh, been, been really, so really good. He reminds me es- of Anquan Bolden. Especially after the catch. Yeah. Which again gets back to the tackling thing. Yep. So so the the lack of, of reliable options outside of that that duo is is a cause for, for optimism for me. Uh, Kansas City also can't stop their run. They were I don't know if anybody listening buys into DVOA. It's just an advanced stat. Um, yeah. they were twenty seventh in run defense DVOA. And they were 24th in a more traditional stat in yards per carry. Mm. And for some reason, I have talked to every football person I know who is like a tape grinder and scheme expert. And I said, hey, why didn't the Ravens run against the Chiefs? And the collective response was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They just didn't. And I don't think the 49ers will do that. I think they're going to force the Chiefs into some situations that they don't want to be in defensively. Like they're going to make them live in personnel groupings that they don't want to live in. Yeah. Um, so that's, and I and I think you're going to see Kyle Shanahan learn from his last Super Bowl where they abandoned the run late, where they went first and 10 run for a yard, second and nine, okay, throw, throw. I think you might see second and nine, run it again. Third and four, run it again. I, I think that they're going to be confident that they can they can run it on Kansas City. I think that that's a, a big deal to show them that you can run it, but I also want Brock Purdy throwing some darts to make sure that you're building his confidence. Mm-hmm. So in case you need him to go win this game, mm-hmm. you have it. Yeah. You got yeah, it. Totally, totally. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not to say run it 55 times, but I, I think if they get down, you can't abandon the run. If it's tied late, you can't abandon that. You just have to keep going back to it. And, and I, I think that we're going to see plenty of that. And then you just mentioned Brock Purdy. Kyle Shanahan yesterday told reporters like he is locked in. He's had a great week of practice. Um, he has not had a stretch of games this year 
passer rating is a flawed statistic for sure, but it encompasses completion rate, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, just kind of the general, like I said, not the end-all, be-all by any means. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't had three consecutive games all year with a passer rating below 90, and his last two games have been below 90. So it, that, again, it, not that that means, oh, yeah, he's going to go tear it up. But if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic, uh, it, it's been rare this year that Brock Purdy is really, really bad three games in a row. Yeah. So I, I think Brock Purdy is going to be just fine, but you do have to build his confidence early. You need to l- allow him to make make a mistake. If he's going to make a mistake, have that mistake come early so you have time to recover and you're not putting in, put in a situation where you got to try to come back against Patrick Mahomes. And if he makes that mistake, he can't then be hesitant the rest of the game because if that's the yep. case, they're toast. But I think you got to, I, I think you will see them throw it. If there's a prop out there for first play of the game, it wouldn't shock me if it's a pass. Mm. But I, 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 I think that a big piece of what's going to make Brock Purdy successful on Sunday would be that run game where you're forcing the Chiefs to creep up a little bit, where you're getting them to bite on play action, where you're getting their eyes moving uh, with pre-snap motion, and you're getting linebackers out of position where those throws over the middle where Brock Purdy is really good are there. Maybe there's a deep shot to Brandon Ayuk in there. Like those are, I, I, That's all going to be predicated on the run game because as good as he is, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Like He's not just going to be able to, to turn a, you know, an onion and a glass of water into some really tasty chili, you know? Mm. So I don't know what that metaphor was, but that, <laughs> you're stretching there. Kyle. Point was I? No, but he's just not. He, he's not. He's not the the playmaker that Patrick Mahomes is. So um, I think that they're going to need the run game to kind of help establish the the confidence that you're talking about. Yep. So all right. It's reasons for optimism. Reasons for concern. Let's do mad props. We haven't done mad props in weeks. I love it. Stats from the 49ers game. Stats from the Kings game. Which number will be higher? James and I are going to tell you next. It's a fun game. Play along at youtube.com slash ESPN1320 and twitch.com slash ESPN1320. Hop in the chatty house. Let's play mad props next. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 